detective, you hear? <laughs> I am vengeance. <laughs> good, good. Oh. <laughs> oh, a, a, a little louder, a little louder, Batman. Go John with his bitch ass. It'll be 15 minutes, fucking 30 <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> hey, we're ready. Me taking the world's biggest shit. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let, let's let's not just say world's biggest shit. It was the planet's biggest shit. Okay? <laughs> I mean, by planet's biggest shit, I mean I went to Clark's like like job and shot all over his store, like the Daily Planet planet. Well, that I think is a great place to edit in the start of the podcast. But let's go ahead and actually say the name of it. Uh, this is this is the podcast, the world's greatest shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think we actually have a name for this. Um, I don't know. Uh, Dead Pat, Dead Bat Guests, I guess, for now. Um, if I think of a better title later, we'll come up with it. And uh, if anyone listening on my channel, uh, this is Eric. Uh, we're doing a uh, guest interview with a couple of podcasters. I've mentioned several times uh, the world's greatest detective, 626. Hey. <laughs> and then the, uh, the trigger. It's not a problem, man. And then the trigger happy chatterbox. Yes, and uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna try something new today. We're gonna have a nice, friendly interview uh, with me asking them tons of questions and talking about whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Uh, Megan is not here, unfortunately; she had to work. Uh, so, thanks for coming in, guys. I appreciate it. Of course, dude. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, not a problem. Um, so, uh, first off, I should say thank you again for coming. And uh, is there anything in particular you guys want to chat about before we get further in? I mean, other than the fact that I killed two yinglings before I got here, I am fucking ready to go. Okay. Yeah, you already know it, Kyle. I killed, like, a couple yinglings before I got here. I wanted to be, like, super freaking hype. Yeah, I know you. I did, know you. <laughs> did, you uh, did you down any chimichangas this time, or, or should I wait for you Unfortunately, have... it was, like, one of those American bar and grills. Otherwise, bro, it would have been, like, the... Was it Modelo's, and it would have been chimichangas, which, at that point, bro, I, I would have lit up. Yeah, I, I was lit up. I suppose uh, Deadpool would be one of the few people that could go out without having to worry about social distancing, right? Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> my man would just like run into the Rona. Yeah, and uh, of course Batman would have already come up with the antivirus right by now, so I suppose he's not a big problem either. Uh, I would I would have figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> he's the hero we desperately need right now, but yes. <laughs> he's not the hero sure. we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys! It's it's almost been a year. You've got all these billionaires. Not one of you. Not one of you. <laughs> not one. No, no, no. It it would take no. It, where's the profit, Bruce? It it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. Um, Listen, if they were some real philanthropists, they'd get in here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, since uh, one of the podcasts I do is rock starring, and uh, a trailer dropped not too long ago from the big what was it called the the DC fan dome or something um, regarding Shazam, which of course Dwayne, the rock Johnson is supposed to star in. Uh, why don't we start off by chatting about that? Any particular thoughts regarding the trailer or your guys's hope that it'll be good. Uh, I know that the Shazam movie has been on, well, not Shazam. I'm sorry. Uh, Black Adam. My apologies. Black Adam has been on the back burner for like what, two decades at this point. Yeah, it's been there for a while. Like it's one of those things, man, where, when we're talking about a movie that had so much steam, even when like Henry Cavill put on the like the suit for Superman, like we were already talking about him being Black Adam, and then like they would throw little teases on Twitter and Instagram, and like we all get excited, like oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna finally do it, and then like DC fandom 2020 comes and he finally does it, like he he's not like wearing the suit, but he's going into the history of conduct, and you're just excited because. You're hearing him say the place in which Adam is, the setting of the movie, and you're like, okay, you know with the accent, he's going to fucking kill this. Hmm. I agree. I, I, From a writing perspective, I'm just ecstatic they're actually going to take the time to set him up. You know, <laughs> like actually give him a movie that explains who he is and why he is the way he is before just throwing him into the next Shazam movie, which is what I was expecting. Uh, I really mm -hmm. was. Yeah, I think they're yeah. I think they're really trying to learn from Marvel at this point. Um, 
and they're they're kind of taking like three steps back and introducing characters before they just throw them on the screen because of the shit show that was Justice League. Yeah, I wanted to comment on that because I know uh, I have not been uh, my my buddy uh, the detective here will remember I've not been the kindest of people to the 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 Schneider versions of you know Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman throughout my histories, but. I will say this, and I, I want to say this with absolute sincerity, I still do not particularly love them, but having grown a bit as a person and seen truly terrible things done to franchises I love, for no other reason than because it was trendy, I have to applaud Schneider's attempt, Snyder's, I'm sorry I keep making it Schneider, Snyder's attempt to make something different out of it. Like, he, it wasn't born out of a desire to chase trends, it was born out of a desire to actually see if he could do something interesting with it. And I deserve, I need to apologize to the universe for not being nicer to the man for at least making the attempt. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can definitely tell that he's passionate about the universe and those characters. And, like, when the Snyder Cut got announced for HBO Max, like, I, dude, I've never screamed so loud. Um, except for at the announcement of Gotham Knights at that, that very same event. Mm -hmm. Um and you were here too with me. Yeah, I, I I wanted to talk about um, or or at least put forth something that isn't necessarily related to the trailer, but is related to Black Adam. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that uh that Twitter post that The Rock did where he tore his front gate off of its hinges to get to set. Yeah, dude. I I didn't, <laughs> but I'll have to track it down. <laughs> yeah, so, so so apparently they were having some bad weather and his gate experienced a failure. And so he went to try and pull the override and it usually works and it just failed. It, it That particular failsafe failed this time. And so he just ripped the gate off of its hinges out of the brick because the, the gate tech, the earliest they could get there was in like 45 minutes. And he was like, at this point, I've got 200 people waiting on me to shoot. I can't wait. So he just tore it off the hinges, and I told John, I texted it to him, and I said, my man is ready to defend contact. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, that... this man's ready to fuck up a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> uh, well, like... I, I, <laughs> I will definitely yeah. say this. that That is a boss move. When you're like, the gate is not obeying me. Rip. Like, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing that you make sure everybody knows you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because no that's one's going to screw with you after that. I wonder if his girlfriend was with him, I can, or his wife or whatever is with him, because I can imagine that probably turned her on like her ovaries did a goddamn backflip. Like, she's like, <laughs> like, I could just imagine that probably turns her on. Like, bro, I got a man that rips a gate open. Ain't nobody fucking with this guy. I'm protected. Well, if I recall correctly, his wife is not, well, she's not small compared to most, peop most people of her age, but uh, compared to her husband, she's diminutive, so I'm sure she, like, asks him to curl her all the time. <laughs> Just... <laughs> you, you, gotta, you gotta at least think about all these things when it comes to shit like when he rips a gate open. Like, mm -hmm. it's... I think I was telling you that, Kyle, too. I'm like, mm, his, his, his wife is probably doing this. Well, that man's diet is just out of control. Like, I see some of the stuff he eats, I'm like, how, how did you do that, dude? Yeah, from what I understand, he, he diets and exercises almost nonstop for, like, six days. And then on the seventh day, he gives himself, like, a pizza or a donut. And I'm like, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like one whole-ass pizza, and I'm just like, ah, dude, I don't care how hungry I am. I could never, never, ever do that. Mm. Uh, it actually makes me a little sad that, that he hasn't had more roles. Because, uh, as I'm sure you guys are aware, we're doing Rock Starring, which is another podcast on this channel. And we're running through the entirety of The Rock's films. Uh, which, you know, so far we found a lot of stuff that we would never have seen that we really liked. Um, I liked, we just did Planet 51, and I really like that. Uh, it's a kind of an indie cartoon movie. Uh, I'm sure you guys probably saw the posters about a decade ago. Uh, and we saw, we saw Gridiron Gang, which I never would have watched, but is amazing. Um, so it's been fun, but it actually made me wonder, like, I, it's weird that it's taken this long for Dwayne The Rock Johnson to play a superhero or supervillain. Because he, from the moment superheroes arrived on the, on the scene, you know, with the first, like, like the first couple Avengers movies... 
I was like, when is somebody going to sign Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> he's, he's already fucking huge. <laughs> he's got charm and charisma. Because, like, for a while, no one took wrestlers serious. Yeah. Like, that, that's the thing. I think the reason why he's never gotten roll up until this point is because, you know, during his, his first outings as being, like, an actor, like, at the time, like, wrestlers were, like, what comic book movies were back in, like, 98 with, like, Steel and shit. Like, no one took that crap serious for anything. But then he kind of had to earn his place with shit, and then people were like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Like, he, he not only has the physique for such a role, but he also can act, too, which is, like, a miracle. Like, if I had a fan cast, I would make him Warpath from the X-Force in a heartbeat. Hmm, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, that's a talent pool, too, right? Because, like, at the end of the day, most of those guys are actors. So, can you imagine what, like, a saber-toothed Triple H would look like? That would be awesome. Wait, I would. didn't he play tri- saber-toothed in the original movies? No, he didn't. I, I, I do recall the story being that I know he tried doing the same as, like, The Rock, and they looked at his resume, and they were just like, hmm, uh, that's a resounding no. But then, like, when you look at The Rock, the dude has so much credibility. If he wanted to be Cyclops, he'd get it before anybody else. Like, that's how fortunate that man is with his resume. Right, I don't want to see that at all, because that'd be a terrible thing. That'd be a terrible cast. But it just goes to show you, like, before... He just was not given anything because if you're if you're if you're a person who's going in for an interview for or at least a rehearsal for an acting gig and your name was attached to WWE, it was poison. Yeah, it really was, which is really unfortunate. Oh, by the way, the guy I was thinking of is Tyler Maine. Uh, that was the guy who originally played Sabretooth in the first two X Men movies. Gotcha. Uh, which he it's looks a bit literally two steps behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, with the full makeup of Sabretooth, he looked very Triple H to me. Uh, but, you know, looking at... Yeah, I get it. Great name for the guy who's going to play Sabretooth, though. Maine. <laughs> oh, they probably hired him off the, based off the last name alone. It's like, look, guys, it's X-Men. I don't know if it's going to do all that great. <laughs> we, we, got this, we got this young startup kid as Wolverine. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah, uh... I think he only has one line in the whole movie. Scream for me. No, it's two. Yeah. It's that and then, you owe me a scream. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the rest of it is just him being salty at Magneto. Yeah, just growling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so uh, overall, I just, I feel it's sad that Dwayne Johnson hasn't gotten more. Uh, a couple of things I did want to ask you guys in general about uh, the comic universes, since obviously you're both big DC and Marvel fans. Uh, first off, I want to ask both of you a question. I mean, do you ever think we'll be able to have anything Batman-related? I'm talking games, movies, anything that does not at least have a Joker cameo. Because... You know, the, the Arkham games were huge, and they made it a point to have Joker be basically the main villain in all three games, even after he was dead. And then he got his own um, movie that everybody, including you guys, you know, gushed about. And, you know, the Arca, people still remember the Dark... I literally rewatched The Dark Knight uh, the other day just because I was, you know, I wanted to see Heath Ledger's performance again. So will we ever get, like, a Batman movie where it's just him versus, like, mobsters or the Penguin without Joker having to be there? Um, I mean, I guess it really, I mean, the, the, the Battinson movie kind of almost teases towards what you're saying. I mean, it's not like going off of the Joker or it's not going something completely out of the realm of like reality. Um, then again, that's one of the reasons why people love the Nolan stuff, right? Where mm-hmm. it was more like you could believe that this, this person exists. Um, I don't know, maybe cause like I'd be down to just see a movie where it's just somebody who was believable. Um, it's not anyone that's out of the realm of possibility. Now, if you were to go with someone who's just out of the realm of possibility, Clayface is the person I'm thinking of. Hmm. I've always wanted to see Clayface in live action. Like, that that would be great. Um, but going back to your question, I, I, I think that's tough because going back in comics history when Batman was introduced at 39, I think it was, 1939, um, when the Joker came about, they just 
so quickly fell into this uh, this dichotomy of being two sides of the same coin. And I can't think of two characters in comic book history that are as entwined as Batman and the Joker are. Um, it, it, um, at this point, it almost feels like one can't exist without the other um, in any sort of media. But I would definitely enjoy seeing them like split off and do their own things. Yeah. Uh, who would you like to see play Clayface if he ever did play in a movie? They ever did include him? That's tough. I couldn't even think of anybody who, like, specifically jumps to mind. I can like, tell you um, who I would pick in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Andy Serkis. Because the most is going to have to be mocap, and he is the right. master of mocap. Right. Okay. I, I mean, the irony of your, 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 uh, your fan cast is the man will be Alfred in the Badison movies. But because I know. he's done so many mocap, you know, stuff from the Planet of the Apes, I, I'd like to see that, yeah. Because I, I could totally see him pulling off, like, you could get a, like, when he's in human form before he becomes Clayface, if they actually show him, we could have to cast someone else. But if you're going to do a mocap Clayface, which you'd have to, uh, I, would, I would go with Andy Serkis in a heartbeat, because the man knows how to work it in that suit. And I'm sure he'd be happy to finally do a, a mocap where he can stand upright. <laughs> oh, he loves mocap. Because he's either doing the apes, where he's all hunched over, he's doing Smeagol, where he's all hunched over. It's like, I can stand up this time? <laughs> awesome. It completely destroy my back and my vertebrae? Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I, I would like to see that. Yeah, I heard about him being uh, uh, Alfred. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, there's been a lot of great Alfreds throughout the years. So I, I'm not opposed to seeing him play that part. Uh, but I don't know about you guys. I think if anything, I know uh, me and Kyle off, uh, off, you know, the podcast and me and him chilling out, we've talked about this too, but I mean, I'll throw it again where I do still want to see Irons and Affleck, that dynamic again, because that, that's probably one of the few things that we've not gotten a chance to see enough of. Like we saw, you know, the both of them like really conversing with each other um, during BBS, but not much after that, and it would be really cool to really see like the upbringing of Iron's version of Alfred, and then really get the chemistry between him and Al Affleck, which is great timing because I hear that like HBO Max wants to do more with Ben, which I hope that man takes the offer because I'd love to see that man in four more Batman movies. Just saying. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Go ahead. Hashtag triple B. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bring I... back Ben. Agreed. Bring back Ben. Agreed. Uh, bring back Ben. I, I, the reason a lot of people were really upset with the, the Robert Pattinson casting for Batman, and I was like, I, I, I flashed back to when we first all heard that Ben Affleck was going to be the new Batman, and we were all like, oh my god, this means the movie's going to be terrible, because you know, look at Daredevil, and look at the movies he's made recently. And then he came out, and he was the best part of Batman v Superman. Even people who don't like Batman v Superman love Ben Affleck as Batman in that story. So I'm like, guys, let's just wait and see what actually happens because uh, who knows, Pattinson might knock it out of the park. I don't know if he will, but I'm not going to degrade the guy before he gets a shot. Yeah, I, for sure. I did that once, and I had to eat my words, and they didn't taste very good, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did that with Chris Evans. <laughs> I would like to ask on this thing, are, are we doing PG-13, or is it like a... Can I drop some F-bombs? Yeah, you can drop some F-bombs. Uh, we do on our other podcast occasionally. Uh, we I'm try to keep know. our subject matter more... You know, not nearly as, no offense, guys, we don't go nearly as guttural as you do, but we, I'm not going to, this is a, a bonus totally episode, fine. so feel free to talk as you would. Dude, when you're across the table from John, it gets weird. Um, <laughs> we, it does. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it does. I, I remember when I heard that, uh, that casting um, of uh, our Pat being Batman, and like, I think it was at Megacon? Yeah. Megacon a year or two ago. And John was like, hey, man, like, you might want to sit down. And I was like, oh, he's got something serious to say. All right, let me sit down. He was like, Robert Pattinson is being cast as the next Batman. And my gut reaction was like, fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm gone. Robert Pattinson's coming in. What are they going to do? What's happening? We were across the street from Friendlies. So we went to Friendlies. I would have gotten the ice cream again and, like, ease the pain of it. Yeah, I didn't feel very friendly. Um <laughs> The irony of that. <laughs> um, but 
Well, yeah, and then it went back to what you're saying, where I was like, you know what? When Ben was announced, everybody had this exact same reaction, so let me slow my roll. And then the the first trailer comes comes out, and I'm actually feeling it now. Like, it feels like a believable billionaire with too much anger story. Uh, too much anger, too much money just goes out and starts fucking people up. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I agree. It, it it feels more like more of the Nolan movies, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, but a younger Batman in a younger city earlier in his career, which I'm eager yeah. to see. Actually, that looks yeah. interesting. Um, I mean, Ryan Reeves did say he was a huge fan of the Affleck stuff. So the ending where he's beating that freaking that thug to like a pulp, like he, I think it, like he specifically was like, yo, if we're gonna make it to where. Like, it's a nice homage to Affleck, even if we only got, like, one movie where you were able to see, like, him in his element. Like, that's basically what it was. It only makes me think, like, I know it's not anything to tie in with the DCEU, but one can't help but look at that movie and then look at, like, you know, Ben, uh, ben Affleck's Batman and, and want to just tie the, the, the universes together based off of Matt Reeves being a fan, just saying. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. Uh, I, I'm going to say this honestly, and I might actually get some backlash from everybody out there because there's been other Batmans, but not counting Conroy, I'm talking physical Batman performances, Ben Affleck is the best Batman since Michael Keaton. Um, and I, I will stand by that. And I, I, I will stand by that assessment, which is a, a statement I never thought I would say when he was first announced. So, you know... It's- Part of it, I think, too, is that suit. Like, they didn't try to do the black tactical thing that they try to do now with, like, Nolan and with uh, with Arpat, but they went with the classic cloth gray and black. Yeah. And that worked so well. You know, my greatest regret, uh, Detective, is that I, I really, really wish we had gotten around to making that fan film we wanted to do. For anyone who doesn't know, we, we were chatting for a while about doing a fan film together uh, where we were going to set it before, during, between the event. Basically, it was Batman during the events of Man of Steel. Uh, and it was going to end with the destruction of Gotham, uh, destruction of Metropolis in the distance. And that was going to set up BVS. And I was looking mm-hmm. forward to it. We, we came up with some really great ideas when we were spitballing. Yeah, and we were, we were throwing some, uh, some Suicide Squad references in there. Yeah. Like, uh... I think, it, I think it was Jason beat the Joker's teeth out. That's why he has a grill. Yeah. Well, it was going to be that Jason beat... Bats actually... When Bats thought Jason was dead, he beat half of Joker's teeth out. And then the other... And Gordon stopped him. And then the other half, when Jason comes back, it was going to be a story that jumps back and forth between when Jason died and right before, during the events of Man of Steel... Jason's beating the other half of his teeth out. And the, thought that, the idea that I thought was really, really cool is that the knife, the, the idea that I was proudest of, that we came up with, was that the knife that Joker used on Jason, like it's going to be a really decorative knife and memorable throughout the story, he still has it in the present day. And when he gets sent to, to Arkham with all of his teeth knocked out, he tells the doctors that are going to replace his teeth with the grill to melt down that knife and use it as the metal which I thought would be the coolest thing ever, that literally his, his smile is a blade. Would have been yeah. a really cool metaphor. And that he's literally, and he just likes, I just imagine him like behind the, that grill, like f- licking those teeth all the time, just because he remembers that Jason and Batman's blood were on them. Like, I thought that was such a great mental image for the version of, of Joker Leto was going for. And yeah, you you can see that in Gotham too. Them being like, "Well, we don't have to waste our metal on this freak." So yeah, I can totally see Arkham Asylum just like, "Whatever, we'll just use the knife. Who gives a crap?" Um, or he was paying off a doctor, like, or it could have been after he escaped from Arkham that you know he's yeah. doing. We we do an homage to the original Michael Keaton Joker scene where they're trying to save him. Remember that with um, Jack Nicholson? Mm-hmm. Like they do that, but with his teeth. I thought that would have been really neat, and I really wish we could have gotten around to doing that because we had some really great ideas. When Jack Nicholson's like mirror, yeah, and then yeah. that would have been fun. I, I still wish we could do that. If I, I have a camera now, but just getting the the everything together would be nearly mind-bogglingly hard. But I'd still love to do it because it was we had some great ideas. Um, oh yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of Batman, another question I wanted to ask the detective. Oh, one thing I want to mention, add in tang tangent to our discussion is on doubting actors. One actor we didn't mention that people doubted the hell out of was Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Because his biggest foray into superhero movies before that was, of course, Green Lantern, which not many people are proud about. Uh, so yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I, I think it was. I don't know if it was doubting Ryan, much less doubting Fox. I think that was the issue, because like if you look back, like way before Origins, they were already kind of fucking. Excuse my language, just fucking things up. Well, yeah. Like, let, let's do let's do a head count, right? Let's do a head count. They had uh, X three, like that was already. I think that's when people knew the ship was sailing. Because look at how that story progression was going from beginning, middle, and then you get to Origins, and then, like, all of a sudden now we're supposed to make a Deadpool movie? It's like, we knew, like, Ryan has always been that way. I mean, you can go back to, like, Van Wilder. You can go to his little cameo and, and Harold and Kumar. You can go to uh, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. You can go to all of those movies or, and shows, and you can see little shades of it, right? Mm -hmm. You can see little... That's part of where I was going, was like, you know, you watch Ryan's older movies, and you're like, he's Deadpool, case in point. But then you see the moves that Fox makes up to making a legitimate Deadpool movie, and then you're like, is the direction that he's going to get, is it going to be good enough? Or are they just yeah. going to put him in a suit and tell him to shut the hell up? You know what, I, yeah. I, I heard a rumor, and I'm going to say this because I know it's going to make Trigger Happy really, really pissed off. But I heard a rumor, I have no idea how true it is, but the rumor was if, and I want to stress this, if Deadpool had not been greenlit thanks to that, that um, like groundswell of people responding to the, the demo stuff, there was, and I'm not making this up, I heard this rumor, I don't know how true it is, that originally Deadpool was supposed to be recruited by um, Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. He was going to be one of his uh, angels of death. The, the actual version we saw from Origins. Yeah, I'm not pissed off with that. I mean, you you would have been perfectly happy with Ryan Reynolds as that as the Merc with no mouth in, in <laughs> Apocalypse, the movie you hate the most in the X Men universe. Well, well here's <laughs> the thing. I, I mean, Fox is owned by Disney, so they kind of checkmated themselves, anyways. True. Like I'm not even. Yeah, like it, it's almost like when you talk about like um like how bad Fallout '76 is, and then you're like, oh well, you guys are owned by Microsoft, anyways. It really doesn't matter one way or another. You guys got to listen to a whole new master now. Fair enough. Yeah, like, I, I know, it's like, back in the days, I would want to strangle somebody for Apocalypse. Then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, number one, you don't have the same, you don't have the same jerks doing, you know, pulling the strings. So, number one, we don't have to see a five foot ten smurf anymore. Um, number two, we actually will get great movies. And number three, and you and me have talked about this for years, the idea of trying to do an MCU uh, X-Men film, that now can come true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I know it's going to happen. I, 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 I'll be honest, I'm not that excited about the new Mutants trailer, having seen the new one, because the original trailer was like a horror film, was great. Like, I was intrigued, but that was like, what, a year and a half ago? And then I, they released the new one, and it looks like a, a regular, like, superhero teen drama, and I'm like, what the hell happened to this movie? <laughs> Well said. Yeah, well said, my friend. I really feel bad because every single one of the actresses and actors they picked to play the younger mutants in that were all upcoming stars. And I could tell this was their like big break for a lot of them. And then the movie apparently got turned into, I don't know, I am number four. I, I don't even fucking know. It's you know, a callback to our old podcast, uh, Greg Gargay. I'd rather watch the 2003 Ang Hulk movie, right, Ooh. over watching the New Mutants. And you know what I said about that movie way back in the day. Yeah, they've they've turned the movie into the Hunger X games. That's 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 what they did, and I don't know why they did that. <laughs> and it's painful seeing any kind of like screenshots from the thing, just because it's like at one point you, you kind of felt like, at least for me, I felt it had a lot of potential. But then when you see like the trailers and crap. Don't make fun of the fact that your movie's getting delayed. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's never a good sign. Don't don't try to play it up like you're you're tightening it up, man. We all know it's bullshit. We all played Andromeda. Mass Effect Andromeda was not better because it was delayed two years. Damn. Yeah. 
I want some pretty funny faces too. Yeah, their faces are just tired, man. <laughs> From everything. Just like just everything. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys see the uh, the WandaVision trailer? Not yet. I want to. I've heard it's really good. I I felt so weird about it. Like I have no idea where they're taking that. I'll be 100%. Did you watch that? I saw it. What, 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 what was my response? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 before you say anything, I heard another another rumor that you might be interested in. Um, they're making a Clone Saga movie. You know what? You can take that and shove it up your ass. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you see, that's the one thing right there that would get me, like, a little just... route up. No, don't bring this part two. Come on. No, I, you know what? I hope your suit burns. Oh, you don't mean that? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, they they better not do that with Into the Spider Verse Part Two with the Clone Saga. I I will get pissed because I love Into the Spider Verse. Come on, Sony. Sony will cease to exist if they do that. Yeah. My boy Ben Riley. Come on. Yeah, Ben Riley. Yes. Yeah, I don't mind Ben Riley. The story that saturated Spider-Man to the point that I didn't like him anymore for a long time now. Yeah, they all they all do whatever a spider can. Every single character. <laughs> I wish you'd go in the trash can. So they eat flies? <laughs> flies? What do you think Spider-Man was doing in 95? He was eating flies. I don't give a hot shit about him. Everyone was caring about, oh man, look, the X-Men! And then, you know, Marvel almost got bankrupt. There's different cuisines for different folks. Don't judge. Yo, I want the mosquito, and then let me get an extra round of the uh, of the cockroach, please. Uh, but um, the the discuss the, the okay. Here's a question I've been wanting to ask uh, the detective here for quite a while. Okay. In one of the podcasts that you guys did on yours, you mentioned that you will never play the Telltale second game of Batman where you turn Joker good, or at least as good as you can. Uh-huh. And when you said that, you mentioned that there was a certain person who told you you could do it, and you just thought it was stupid. Uh-huh. I was that someone, and I did it. So, so I want to know why you're up on your high horse, sir. <laughs> it just hurts my soul. It just hurts my soul. It's like, it's like damn, why, why did you have to make this man like a pasty Robin, basically? Like... This man, like, I, I just don't get it. It's like you, it was such a weird story beat. And it works for Telltale, for the Telltale universe. That's perfectly fine. Um, and, I mean, if that's how you want to play it, that, that's that's okay. But I just feel like, um, I don't think Bruce would have taken him under his wing as, as hard as that story sold it. Hmm. Like, as soon as he walked in and it looked like John had killed somebody, Bruce would have been like, all right, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and that's kind of the way I played it was, you know, he was he was really friendly with John up until the point where it looked like he committed actual murder. And that's when Bruce took a step back and he was like, wait, is this the wrong guy? Like, he's kind of out of his mind. Jason! Um, uh, 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 oh, Jason! Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I wanted to... Uh, said no something caught in my throat uh, there. Damien, <laughs> uh, uh, no longer Robin. <laughs> You know, it's 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 almost like Batman works with a lot of quitters. <laughs> yeah, he also takes a whole bunch of children that are like above the age of like what ten in his house. I, I wonder what's going on. I mean, oh, and they wear really uh, like just like skin tight look, like dude. The sketch factor with him having kids is just weird. Well, now, the sketch the sketch factor with like original Batman. I get it. <laughs> well, I mean, the Clooneyverse should have made that apparent too. Well, it's really creepy when you think about it, because almost all of his Robins have no other parental figures. So, it's like... Except him, but yes. Well, yeah, but, you know, in his case, we know the difference there. But my point is that it's like he's scooping up orphan men everywhere. Orphan boys all over the place and putting them in costumes. And it's, it's, it's creepy when you think about it. See, you made it even. See, I love you for that. You made it even creepier just to bring the point home. <laughs> well, you got You got to. You got to. You got to hit that nail on the head. Otherwise, it ain't gonna go in the wood. Oh, you're like, 
College humor, Batman. <laughs> I like costumes. Kids. <laughs> Why you dress like a bat? Because bats make me horny. So, um... <laughs> uh, uh, where was I going with... Uh, there was something else I was going to bring up, but then the discussion of Batman's sex nice. life drove it right in my head. <laughs> Alfred's just turning around. You guys have seen Fa Mask of the Phantasm, right? So oh, yeah. it's like uh, those yeah. scenes where Alfred walks in on Bruce making out with the girl and then he just turns around. It happens every time he walks in on Bruce and the kids when he, he's training them or whatever. I'm just not going to notice this. <laughs> see, I was, see, I was thinking about the, um, I think it was the first movie that they put Batwoman in where uh, he sneaks in and he's looking for some files or something. And then one of, the, like, one of like these really big jacked goons walks in and opens the door season and then just shuts the door yeah the other guy comes around the corner anybody in there and he's just like nope yeah i was uh i was replaying the arkham trilogy the other day you know the last couple of weeks just for something fun to do and Same. after Same. A, after a while i got to the point where you know they should have especially in the third arkham game they should have worked in a mechanic where after you've kicked a certain number of asses in the piles of goons the last them just throw down their weapons and say i'm sorry because <laughs> yeah. you'd think after a while they'd figure it out. That would um, be great. What order did you go in? I, I did uh, one. I did Asylum, City, and then Night. I didn't do Origins. Although I have played Origins. I didn't replay it. Okay. that I, I feel like Origins is one of the most underrated um, of that franchise. I, I will admit 100%, having replayed the trilogy, especially Arkham Knight, and I want to clarify, I still like Knight. But I can tell playing them, even without playing Origins, that the game suffers from just enough differences from what people wanted with the next, with the next Arkham game yeah. that it threw them off. And the promise that Knight was right around the corner from the original studio, and it was going to be great, was like, okay, I, I don't want this. I want Knight to come out sooner. Mm -hmm. And it was an unfortunate trade-off, because although I think Knight is okay, it's the weakest of the trilogy, in my opinion, of the Arkham trilogy yeah it got sandwiched in between two really big releases and so it just got shoved into the wayside but like but origins is an underrated game i, I admit that i just didn't yeah, feel like replaying really it this time i will tell you the ending of arkham city is probably the most incredible it, it contains probably the most incredible moment that i've ever seen in any batman media which is like how the joker dies in arkham city where, you know, he, he drops the cure, and then Bruce stands over him and says, do you want to know something funny? Even after everything you've done, I would have saved you. And it's like, fuck! And just <laughs> the fact that that's delivered by Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, it's like, let's go. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. My, my favorite moment of involving Batman, of all of the cinema I've seen Batman in, uh, is arguably the moment in Justice League, the TV series, when they go to the universe with the Justice Lords, and it's the two Batmans arguing. And the Batman of the Justice Lords universe actually outmaneuvers the Batman that we know when he says, uh, you know, the, our Batman says, you s grabbed power, and then he says, and with that power, we've made sure no little kid will ever lose his parents in an alley to some thug with a gun. And then mm -hmm. our Batman drops his Batarang and just surrenders. And I remember being blown away by that because I'm like, wait, he won? Like, that argument worked? And then, of course, Batman on the way to stop the other Justice League members that he just pulls up short and actually makes this universe's Batman see what his, let's be honest here, fascist state is doing to people. That they are literally just ignoring injustices because to speak up at all is endangering wrath. And that shocks him to his core. And then he asks uh, his he asks the Justice Lord Batman, Mom and Dad would be proud of you, wouldn't they? They would love it here. And I just love that little line. I, I that little arc with Batman always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. and, and for the record, I am very glad that you clarified because I was two steps away from going, Oh, what moment? You know, when he says, I don't not like you, like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Whedon. Why'd you do it? I, I, no. Uh, but... The end of the controversy for me, like, when um, they finally gave me the ending, or at least the controversial ending of Batman Beyond, where, you know, my man is at the point where, I mean, he's not even old, he's old, old, and, like, the two of them, they show more of the... The idea that they are, like, again, that's Bruce's son, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't even care which side of the fence you were on when it comes to believing that. Because I've actually met people who hated that ending, King Kong. And I'm like, I get it. And then you're more than entitled to hate that. Because it's like, does it devalue the idea that Terry is his own Batman? Like, that's where they come out telling me. I, I literally like, love everything about that episode except the fact that he is his long-lost son. Just because it, it's such a big coincidence that he ended up being trained by Batman even when the plan didn't go through, that it, it, it makes me have a hard time accepting it. But everything else, the performances, the writing, the return of the Phantasm as the creature that was going to kill Terry's parents is, is all brilliant. Yeah. And I was okay with the ending just because the idea where it's like, at the end of the day, you have to look at it from this perspective. At least, again, spitballing here. Um... What is the difference between Terry and the Robin? Or, in this case, Terry and Batman. You break it down even further, you understand, at the end of the day, Bats will drop everything for the sake of his mission. At the same time, he's always going to be clouded by the very darkness, in this case, which was formulated by him losing his parents in that alley. Terry doesn't have that. Granted, yeah, he lost his dad, but he doesn't have that. For once... He could let loose like he didn't return to the Joker, even though we both know that he was just playing his own jokes against him the entire fucking time. But that's really what separates Terry from any of the Robins because they have baggage. Tim Drake. Um, Jason Todd. Um, now it's Grayson because in the comics, I mean, now his daughter was like Batwoman Beyond, which again, read the comics for Batman Beyond, they're actually pretty fun because Matt, which is his little brother, Terry's brother, is actually Robin Beyond. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but that's the biggest difference that I've always liked. And the ending from like Justice League Unlimited to, like a, I guess it's like a hybrid episode to end the Beyond series, but then again, you know, talk more about the Justice League. And th that was my favorite Batman moment because it really did end the era of, like, Beyond, but then it also ended the era of, like, you know, Conroy and everything with that. Yeah, I was re-watching, um, The Dark Knight Returns, part one, two, um, the other day, and I heard a voice, and I was like, I, I recognize that voice. Who the, who the fuck is that? Who voices Batman in this movie? Because I know it's not Conroy. I went through, and it was Peter fucking Weller. My man Robocop voiced Batman. <laughs> Yo, That's cool. That blew my mind. That is cool. I imagine you, you had a geekgasm on that, given how much you love Robocop. Oh, dude, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's so many great geek things out there. I, I wish we got more... I like new stuff, and I really wish they would do more new stuff, but I also wish that we would get more classical stuff that really held up because there's a lot of geek properties out of there I love and they just don't use them well as much as they should I think in um, if I had like a if everybody got like their own little nerd wish that would come true I think I would want comic book companies to make reading comics a little more accessible like not in, you know, like, reading digitally or whatever, because um, we already have that, but, like, having comic companies put out, okay, if you want to start at X year, this is exactly the issue that you need to start at and then go from there, and have just, like, this, you know, massive collected works omnibus where it shows the order of things from start to finish. Um... Because it gets really confusing for new readers where you see storylines and you're like, man, that looks really cool. I want to get into that. Where do I start? <laughs> and there's never really like a solid answer, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it bothers yeah, me. I remember you asking the question too. 
Yeah, it's like everybody just tells you, pick up volume one or issue one, and it's like, how is that How is that the guarantee that that's where that character starts? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that's why I love the Rebirth version of Red Hood, because it recanonized, but it also made a lot of sense for those who were just getting into the character, because, like, as you recall, when Jason Todd first appeared in any of the comics, he was basically a clone. Like, the story and everything was verbatim Dick Grayson. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute, you guys are trying to replace Grayson here? What's going on? So when Rebirth came out, it, like, completely recanonized the story and kind of just, it really brought more sense into how Batman first met Jason, what Jason was doing at the time, and then it brought up his parents and everything. It made a whole lot of sense. So, like, on top of what you're saying, when you have comics like that, like in issue one, does that issue one necessarily recanonize the whole series and make it easier for readers to be like, okay, this is the definitive story? And an era where it's, like, it's kind of weird because there's multiple characters and multiple universes, so it's like, yeah, well, where's the definitives? That right there is one of the reasons why I love Rebirth. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's exactly what I mean, where it's... Um, you know, you sure could start it at volume one if you love a particular character. And they've come out with omnibuses for like, hey, if you want to read this storyline, here's the collected works of that. But I don't think I've ever seen them come out with a, hey, point A, point B, here's where we started from Batman 1939 um, to where we are now. And I would love to see them do that for the universes, but I mean, I guess it's kind of a pipe dream because those universes are so huge that even for them, it's probably a daunting task. Yeah, um, it's even worse for Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if I may throw my hat in the ring here, I think the thing that geeks are going to have to come to accept is that there is no more, there's never going to be definitive canon for anything ever again. I mean, take Star, star Wars. Uh, we're all Star Wars fans here in general. Um, th there was at least two definitive EUs or, uh, after the original trilogy came out. You had the books, and then you had the, the movies. Well, you also had the games, some of which fit mm -hmm. with the books and some of which don't, and some of which I like and some of which I don't, some of which lead into other games that I do like, but I didn't like the previous game. And then you had the Disney movies come out, and suddenly there's a whole new secondary universe. And then there's comics that follow the original storyline from the EU, and then the storylines they've established in the new Disney movies. And then the last I heard, they're basically going to scuttle the, the new trilogy that came out at Disney and start over again with a whole new set of trilogies. And that's so bad, because they built a fucking park based off of that. I know, and, and, and that's another thing you've got... I mean, let's just, let's take a, a relatively small uh, concept here. Something that's relatively new. Mass Effect. Uh, for the record, there's more talk. I meant, last time I was on your show, I mentioned that there was a rumor that Mass Effect game might be coming out. A remaster. And apparently there are more and more rumors. Still no definitive answer, but apparently it's supposed to be called the Legendary Edition, and we're supposed to get definitive word one way or the other sometime next month in October. See. See, for Mass Effect 1, I would like to see more of a remake instead of a remaster, because that game, like, it chugs, man. It's old. I, I agree. I, I would like to see them do a full, proper remake, uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts style, when they came out with the, the bigger editions for the later versions. But what I, was, what I was getting at is that Mass Effect, when people think of Mass Effect, they tend to think of the trilogy. Well, there's also several comics, all of which I've read, some of which are following the storyline of, the, of the, the games, some of which diverge and are, mis, are, are misstated from later. Then, of course, you've got the sequel game of Andromeda, which most likely is going to be abandoned because it didn't do very well, even though it set up a lot of stuff and continued a lot of stuff. Then you've got uh, a mobile game that also adds to the universe but is never mentioned again. Then you've got um, several uh, fan films, some of which you can include or not include. Uh, you know, it, it's... In just a relatively small, relatively recent addition to the geek community of Mass Effect, and most of that is not ma is made by the company that created the Mass Effect trilogy. We've already got a boatload of stuff, some of which contradicts and some of which doesn't, and we just have to accept 
which parts we like. It's something that you have to train yourself to do if you're a Star Trek fan, because there's so many episodes of Star Trek that make no fucking sense with the canon. <laughs> you just have to say, okay, I like that episode, don't like that episode, like that episode, and just kind of go with it. Um, a lot of movies of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. So, enjoyable nonetheless. It's, it's not fair to us fans to have to do that, because we, we would like just a definitive, here's where you start, here's where it ends. But with yeah. everything going on forever now, we're just going to have to... Ex well, let me ask you. You, you like uh, the RoboCop character, correct, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. RoboCop uh, has been fairly underused, as far as I'm concerned, but do you consider the RoboCop cartoon to be part of the canon? I'm assuming not, because it blew. If, <laughs> if I'm real with you, I have never seen the full RoboCop cartoon. Okay, the cartoon I was terrible. I've never been able to get my hands on the full Cartoon. The RoboCop cartoon is terrible, but I'll track down a copy for you if you want. Uh, there's also the, uh, the live-action RoboCop TV series that lasted like 12 episodes. Do you consider that canon? Dude, even if it's <laughs> bad, I'll watch it. Uh, well, yeah, watch you'll watch it. RoboCop. I'm ready for anything. You'll watch it, but I, I doubt you'll consider it canon. I guarantee you don't consider the new RoboCop movie that came out to be canon. Mm. I consider it to be... Uh... Kind of like, kind of like DC's alternate universe stuff, and you know, like the 2014 movie for what it was, I don't think it was as bad as people say. Oh, I agree with um, you. I don't think it's terrible. I'm just saying, I don't. I've not met many RoboCop fans that would say that's my definitive RoboCop. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And it's... that's part of it. Is that oh, I gotcha. it, part of it is that it did not have the heart that the movie in 1987 had. Um, it didn't have as much to say, but, unfortunately. Right. That movie has so much to say about, you know, our society in particular, American society, and what it means to be human in it. Yeah, particularly uh, the devaluing of life and health for the sake of capitalism is what that in first movie is all about. It's literally what the mm -hmm. I buy that for a dollar tagline is meant to comment on. Right, <laughs> and... And there were so many other subtexts with the excessive violence and... Toxic waste. Mm -hmm, and him constantly struggling with his identity and trying to figure out just what it is to be a human being. But yeah, he's literally devalued. Like, they, when they rebuild him as RoboCop, they literally chop off his arm because they oh, assume yeah, it's nothing more than a piece of meat to be fiddled with. Just the, I thought we agreed on total body prosthesis, and I lose the arm, okay? That's actually one of the things I love about the new RoboCop is that they kept his hand. They, they kept that same hand, that they saved that, his hand this time. Mm -hmm. And that was because he was supposed to be a PR stunt. Yep. He was supposed to get out there and handshake and have people be like, oh, maybe drones aren't so bad. Um, but yeah, like the original is just, just the, the score of the original shows you that it's more than just an action movie, which is what I love so much about it. Like, I started watching it probably younger than I should, if we're real. Like, <laughs> we all did, man. I'm pretty sure we all saw yeah, that much younger than we should. You shouldn't watch that movie till you're 85. So oh my God. I'm pretty sure uh, we're all too young. Dude, especially the director's cut. Holy shit. Yeah. Like the stuff that didn't make it in theaters and for good reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... Paul Verhoeven had some things to say about that movie. He was like, I, 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 try, I kept trying to push the violence because I wanted it to be so over the top that people would go, this is ridiculous. He's like, and then when it got out there and people really liked the violence, I was terrified. Like, yeah. He didn't want to direct the second one because he was like, these Americans are psychopaths. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, the, it's almost the exact, I assume you guys have seen the two, um, the two Judge Dredd movies. The, the oh, Sylvester Stallone yeah. one, the Carl Urban one. Good old Stallone. Have you guys seen both of them? Yeah, I've seen both of them. Okay, I like them both in different ways. The Carl Urban one is far superior, but I still have a soft spot for the Sylvester Stallone one. But the original idea of Judge Dredd in UK when the comic was written was literally to overplay how horrible, and I know this is bordering on actual political topics, but from their perspective, how violent American police officers were. Like, they literally, it, it, the idea that they were judge, jury, and executioner was meant to be a commentary on how much we let cops do in this country. Yeah, the, the comic had a lot of whole bunch of just political undertones. Yeah, so like, but when this, they yeah. when they brought it to America and Americans started reading it, they didn't get that it was meant to be a parody. They were just like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. 
Well, so I, I, I've actually, I've heard the. It was like it was a parody of us. Yeah, it was meant to be an. Ex- it was meant to be an example of where we were going if we didn't start paying attention, and uh, or where they, the UK thought we were going anyway. And then the Americans' reaction was, this is an awesome violent comic. I want to see more of it. And a lot of the people in the UK were like, oh, my God, those Americans, they're all fucking nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and then, oh, the irony of 2020. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, before we uh, – because i got to head out in a little bit. But uh, before we go, um, John, uh, my Mr. Trigger Happy Chatterbox, you yes, mentioned – that you had started watching The Boys. And I don't want a full review. I know that's for your podcast, but you said you would at least mention a few things on here. Of course. I, I mentioned at least that uh, when like, everybody and their grandmother has hit me up telling me about this show and saying, we need to hear your opinion on this. It's that in my ear academia. But, you know, right now with the fact of, like, foundation, I'm just going to eat that out of my life until I'm completely, utterly ready. <laughs> I have nothing to do I better not have any form of, of any other entertainment around me to watch this show because that's just how far back I'm pushing that show. But anyways, can I? But before you continue, can I make three suggestions for shows you need to watch on record? Okay, bring to me. Uh, one, have you ever seen uh, One Punch Man? Yes, I have uh, seen One Punch Man. Because if you haven't seen that one, that one's a, a need to watch if you're a superhero fan and you just need one to watch Punch that. It's real good. Especially the first season. I need Satama in my life fighting against Deadpool. I just want to see that fight. It would would be really quick. (laughs) One or two with the lobster guy, I was like, this is a different fucking anime. (laughs) Yeah. It made sure the first episode is a really different anime. Yeah. I I, I just love that the whole show is basically, at least the first season, is about Saitama's existential threat of being bored because he can defeat anybody in one punch. It was just so like the battles are never the point of the show. They're just pretty window dressing, which I thought was great. Yeah, it's which was great because that's not how animes have ever been designed before. The the fights are usually the point of an anime. Um, and then hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, number two is Doom Patrol. I haven't seen season two, but I, I really, really recommend season one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Here's the thing about Doom Patrol. I, I got into the first couple episodes, and this is where it, it falls for me. It's up and down like a goddamn elevator. Oh, I'll like, agree. I, I, I'm so excited because for the first time we've got Brendan Fraser coming back from, you know, the, the grave of actors who have died from the 90s and have now come, come back because, dude, it's awesome to hear him anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, Last time like I heard him was in the G.I. Joe movie. He was one yeah. of the trainers in the G.I. Joe movie. That's how, that's how far he fell. So it's just so good to hear him in any capacity with that. But I feel like that is the only thing holding me to watching the show. I, I can agree with that to a certain extent. The whole point of the show is supposed to be it doesn't fit. Like, literally none of the characters fit in any mold. Even base, even, you know, the, the point of One Punch Man is that every one of those characters fits perfectly in a superhero story, except Saitama, and that's the focus. In the case yeah, exactly. of Doom Patrol, none of the characters, and I'm including the, the villain... And I'm including the, the, the professor guy that's looking after them all. None of them are superhero material. None of them in any way, shape, or form, from their powers to their personalities. And that's what makes it interesting for me, is that they're, they're not really excited at, at the prospect of being superheroes. It's more, like, it's, it's more like taking out the trash to them. It's something that they have to do so they can go back to watching television. And I thought that was kind of funny and fun to me. Um, and the other one is um, The Expanse, which is a great sci-fi show. If you guys have any sci-fi leanings at all, watch The Expanse. Trust me, you will like it. It has a real, it has a very aliens mixed with um, uh, Blade Runner feel to it. So if you like wow. either of those types of sh- movies, um, Aliens or Blade Runner, watch the show. Trust me, you will like it. Um, I also started watching Watchmen, but I've only got like the first episode out of the way. I've heard pretty good things about it, though. It's good to know that I met the comedian at MechaCon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's, he's that guy, like, when, when uh, it's a little tidbit of story time, going to that booth and meeting him, he literally, I feel like the guy was going to be like, hey, you guys want to chill out? You guys want to have a beer? Like, 
if he would have said that, mm, I'm heeding any kind of form of, like, after party we would do. Just chilling with that man. That dude talked to me and my girlfriend, and he was, he was chill. I mean, no Negan, no Thomas Wayne kind of vibes. No, he was just chill as shit from beginning to end. Um, but, yeah, good to know that I met the comedian. And, I, and, and Watchmen, I, I need to pick up that comic. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. The comic, from, I've read the comic. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but about the boys. Yes, I was like, in the introduction to John talking about the boys. Yeah, I'm sorry to take us off track for so long. It's, it's, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Um, it's not, nothing on, nothing on the previous conversation because I was enjoying that. But I have an introduction in mind that I think is absolutely perfect. Bring it. Uh, has it, has everybody seen that, that frog meme? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Boy! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well played, sir. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, like, show's awesome. Like, I have no problems with the show. I mean, there's a couple things that I look at the show for, and, um, I mean, here's the thing. The one, the one aspect I keep saying, like, the first episode when we saw, um, Stillwell... You know me, I'm a freaking Cobra Kai friend to, like, I'm getting to die. Yeah, I'm going to get so Megan through I that soon. I saw her on, like, soon. eight seasons. What I'm going to get Megan through that soon. She said she wanted to watch it, so we're going to watch it, because it just got posted on Netflix. Yes. So, like, I saw her on there, and I was like, you motherfucker, you better be on season three. Miguel is, is his back is, like, freaking, what's his face from season three of Daredevil? Um, Bullseye. That man had the same thing happen to him, but it was it was in school. Like, when you see that fight, you're thinking to yourself, how the hell are the principals and shit not involved? Then the principal shows up, and he's like, I don't want none of this shit. Like, y'all can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> and it's like, what kind of school is this? But, like, aside the point, like, I see her in the first episode, and I'm getting excited. I'm like, all right, cool, we already got some star power. By the way... Freaking Homelander's face is creepy to me. It's meant to be. I, mm, his lip, like, homie, I don't know what type of, like, plastic surgery he got to do to fix that. If I was a little kid and I was looking up to Homelander and I, I actually saw, like, him in person, mm, nightmare fuel all the way. John, it can never be as bad as the Justice League reshoots. Is it, though? <laughs> you can never be his face like I don't mm, like he has the American flag on his back with mm-hmm. a creepy pedo smile yeah I, I think it's intentionally meant because Homelander have you ever seen have you seen the show Detective yeah I've seen it okay um, so you, you in the, like towards the end of season one yeah um, so you know I have seen it yeah you know he's he's not a particularly sane individual, and I think they specifically designed it so there would be like that uncanny valley effect, even though they weren't putting CGI on him. Just so you know that he has all the trappings of what a Superman allegory should be. He has the handsome face and the sturdy stand and the, the American flag flapping in behind him, but there's something off about him, just something completely off, and if you got close enough to him, you would be scared because you can tell. <laughs> yeah, like the first time I saw his face, I was like, yeah. Yeah, which is great. I, I really liked The Boys, as dark as it was, and it was a dark fucking show. Or it no, is. What uh, kind of skeletor shit was that that you just did? Oh, yeah, that was like the noise I made when I saw his face. I was like, yeah, what in the hell? What in the sand hell am I seeing right now? Like, that's what I was saying when I saw his face, and then, like, I'm rooting over here for Carl Urban because it's like this man's playing three different characters in one show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like a, a, a salute to, uh, to TJ because she was like, you know, I see him as Kano from Mortal Kombat. Like with the accent, the way that he was walking. Oh, God, and that would be like, awesome. Maybe... Yeah, you know, and in the third, fourth episode, I'm like, damn, that would be actually pretty cool to see. Because all I was seeing was like Wolverine slash Sabretooth. And then when he shoots Starlight, 
Like, in the later episodes, I'm like, what are you now, Dread? <laughs> what was the, um, what was the main character's name? Oh, Huey. Uh, Huey, yeah. Seeing, like, seeing episode one, and his girlfriend just gets fucking ran through, and he's just left there with the hands, I was like, what, what is the show? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was but, like, oh, this is different. By the way, guys, if you want to compare voices... We both know I can do a lot of them. Nice. <laughs> Listen here, Solomon Grundy. Get some venom in there. Don't stop it, guys. I will, I will definitely carry this out as long as I have to. I had a lot of free time when I was in high school. I pancreas. <laughs> but, uh... I gotta be heading out, guys, so I'm probably gonna have to wrap it here. Uh, but hopefully we can do this again sometime, or I can do a guest spot on your show. Absolutely. This sounds like a really good little really good little segment that we can do between the shows. I'll call it Guest Bat. Yeah, there you go. That's what we'll guess call it. There guess you Bat. Go. There's the name. Uh, yeah, I'm perfectly down with that. You guys are always fun to chat with. Uh, hopefully we can get Megan on here next time, but if not, we'll figure it out. Uh, in the meantime, guys, it's always fun to chat with you. Uh, you guys want to shout out to, uh, we'll, we'll each shout out to each other what our places to be found are. Uh, so you guys yes. go ahead and start. Awesome. Uh, obviously, Trigger Hat Chatterbox. Um, most site, like, you know, check out Dead Bat on uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean. Most definitely you'll find us at just, you know, Dead Bat Official. Most, you just type that in, boom, you find all the episodes. And uh, I am the world's greatest detective, 626. I'm the Dead Bat co-host. Come, uh, come check us out. Tell us you like us. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. We don't care. <laughs> we be getting likes, by the way. I actually did get on there. We be getting likes. It's like awesome. Like, keep it going, guys. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for anyone who might be listening on a different thing, this is uh, Eric, who hosts uh, the Great Gargate, uh, hosting uh, Solar Toaster Roller Coaster is the name of the channel. Uh, That's fucking incredible. That's, yes. that's what John said when I told him. <laughs> Yo, solar coaster roller coaster. Like, mm, if Eminem has not taken that line, copyright that. Yeah, hashtag it. Hashtag it, guys. Uh, hashtag oh, solar yeah. toaster roller coaster. Uh, and the two shows currently being worked on by me and my co-host Megan are Rock Starring, where we talk about the Rock's uh, film career one movie at a time, and uh, Meg Star Trek Megan's Top 20, where she picks 20 episodes of Star Trek that she really loves, and she's a recent fan of the series, and we just watch them and talk about them. We might be doing more stuff later on, uh, commentary tracks and such, but uh, for now, that's what we're doing. Uh, so anybody who might be listening, give us a listen on that. We're mainly found on Anchor, but that mirrors to dozens of other podcasting sites. I think it's on uh, iTunes and such. Um, and guys, it was really fun chatting with you. Oh, for sure, man, definitely. All right, and uh, until next time, everybody, this is Eric. This is uh, Detective Kyle. EC, Trigger Happy Chatterbox. And uh, we wish you all the best. Stay safe out there, and uh, remember to vote. Yes. Remember to vote. Bye.